0: Hello, welcome back everyone. This is the ninth episode of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. The title of our show today is, Could Your Teenager Be Sexting? Today I'll be interviewing um, Benjamin Dancer. Benjamin is an advisor at Jefferson County Open School where he's made a career out of mentoring young people as they come of age. He wrote the novel Patriarch Run, a coming of age story. He also writes about parenting and education. And besides that, um, Benjamin's married and he has three children that are at the lake at this moment and their ages range from 14 to seven. So he has a teenager himself. So Benjamin, I'm so glad that you're here today. So welcome.
1: Hi, Colleen, thank you.
0: So today we're gonna talk about a really important issue that catches so many parents unaware, which is could your teenager be sexting? As many of you know, I'm the creator of the Power Your Parenting program which helps moms reconnect with their teens and reclaim their life. And for the past 20 years I've also seen clients as a marriage and family therapist in my private practice. I've seen many issues with teens over the past 20 years, but I have never seen anything like the sexting. It has become a huge problem. I think this year it's the number one reason why moms have brought their teens in to see me. And what I found is most of these girls were in middle school and none of them, you know, went out and said, I think I'm going to go sex, but they just felt into it. They were naive and they felt pressured. So here are some to statistics about sexting that came out in 2009 and what I've read is the statistics have not gotten any better. And I don't mean to be a downer, but I want you to be aware of the pressure that your teens are facing. So 22 percent of teen girls and 20 percent of teen boys have sent nude or semi-nude photos of themselves over the Internet or their phones, which is like one in five. 38% of teens say exchanging sexy content makes dating or hooking up with others more likely. 29% of teens believe those exchanging sexy content are expected to date or hook up. The percent of teenagers sending or posting sexually suggestive messages, 39% of all teenagers, 37% are teen girls, and 40% are teen boys. 48% 48% of teenagers say they have received such messages, so that's almost like half. 71% of teen girls and 67% of teen guys have sent or posted sexually suggestive content and have forwarded this content to another boyfriend or girlfriend. 51% of teen girls say pressure from a guy is a reason that they send these sexy messages or images. of teen girls use sexting as a sexy present for their boyfriend. So I think that's enough of statistics. But the point is, if your child or your young teen or your big teen is using sexting, it's a huge problem in our culture. So Benjamin, what have you seen? What have you noticed in terms of this with your work with teens?
1: That was a great set Colleen. Um, well, I guess I see the human side of those uh, statistics. And it's, it's, it's devastating, and any parent and um, any, any adult who's worked with kids in this situation knows what that feels like. Uh, the participation rates are really, really high. Um, and I wonder if um, that 20% might be underreported. Um, 20% 1 in 5 is, is high in itself, but um, I, I kind of feel like it's um, become, uh, uh, not only are kids pressured to do it, but I think they feel like, um, like it's, it's the culture and it's the norm, um, especially with the new technology like Snapchat. Yeah. Um, some kids um, feel like Snapchat uh, is safe because the, uh, the images uh, get erased for parents who don't know what that is. You can send pictures and they only last a few seconds uh, for the receiver and then they're supposedly deleted. Right. But uh, what kids do is they take um, screenshots of those images and then a naive middle school or high school girl who thought um, this thing was going to be deleted uh, gets surprised to find out there's a screenshot taken, and, and, and then the pictures get passed around. And I think that's, that's probably where it gets most devastating. This is where um, um, law enforcement gets involved. Um, sexting, uh, where I live, is a crime, and it's treated by law enforcement as child pornography, and so what often happens is um, the receiver of these images will distribute them.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, much to the horror of, of, of the girl and her family. And and things get out of control as soon as um, you let images go like that on the, on the Internet or on, on, in, you know, on the phone networks. Right. And... Law enforcement will get involved, and when they're involved, they can be really helpful because they'll track the, the images down, and they'll actually try to delete them off of every device uh, on which they're found.
0: Oh, that's great!
1: And um, and then uh, and they'll they'll just try to uh, get rid of it. They treat it like child pornography, and uh, and. Uh, the distributor of the text, the girl, uh, and the receiver of the text, the boy, and often it goes the other way, but uh, both are treated as, as criminals, wow. and, and uh, they end up in court, they end up um, um, in uh, taking mandated classes, um, they'll end up uh, on probation. And depending on um, what's taking place, um, you know, the girl could be in as much trouble or the sender of the message could be in as much trouble as the receiver of the message. Wow. So so it becomes a really, really big deal. I,
0: I really don't think many parents understand that part of it
1: yeah and it it came as a shock to me too um uh uh, it was probably about three or four years ago um, when law enforcement started uh, treating it that way they just don't know what to do with it there is an incredibly high rate of sexting and uh the police are overwhelmed by it and so they don't really have um systems set up yet to handle things to handle efficiently and and it's scary. It's really scary for these young girls or young boys to be treated like criminals. Um, right. They, just, they had no idea what they were getting into.
0: Especially, I have seen a lot of girls, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, like this year. And they have felt pressured by this boy and I've, by the boys. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of these, these texts, and mm-hmm. it, it was really bullying. Mm hmm. And and these girls are naive. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do, and so they. Some of them thought, you know, I'll send them a picture, and then they won't. Then they'll go away, and they'll they'll use something like Snapchat and think that that's you know that's it, and we're done. Mm-hmm. But I've seen exactly what you have said, and these these pictures get forward not only throughout their school, but through a lot of the schools. In Houston where I'm from yeah
1: so there, there is a problem in a nutshell isn't it um, so let's go back to when you and I were kids and a lot of the parents listening were kids I mean we had um, our prefrontal cortex was no more developed than the teenagers <laughs> today we, right. we made all kinds of, of risky and stupid decisions and um, in some of those the consequences were pretty high But there was not a permanent record. There wasn't a digital photograph that lived on forever. You might have had to endure a couple weeks of embarrassment, gossip at school. People might have heard about what you did, but it wasn't preserved like it is today. And that's the heartbreaking part. Yes. when, When these kids make the same decisions we made, but they're making it in the context of this technology, it's preserved. And so you've got the, these images being distributed in the whole community. Everybody in the school has now seen the picture and they're talking about it and they're sending it to other people. And um, this is cyberbullying at its worst.
0: Yeah. yeah. It goes
1: beyond language now and there's a whole new dimension of shame attached.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that. What I have really. Worked through with these girls is the shame, so much shame.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that—that—that that, that is, I mean, that's just painful to witness. Um, I, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind—I of, kind of think of it in terms of metaphor. We talk about being naked metaphorically, right. but here, here, are these girls who have done that to themselves quite literally, and and. Um, and, and they have to live with that. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I appreciate about um, law enforcement where I live is they get that mm. and they're very aggressive at tracking down what they can and collecting all these devices. They'll collect people's phones. Wow. And they'll uh, get in there and they'll delete the images and uh, they'll try to find out where they've been passed to. And, and they'll aggressively go after it. But I, I, I think it would be um, naive to think that they could get every image. You yeah. know, once these things are out there, they're out there.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and I don't know if there's ever uh, taking it all back.
0: Right. So for the moms, for the moms out there, you know... What age do you think sexting becomes an issue? Like when should, when should parents or moms really start paying attention?
1: Well, That's a great question. Um, I think we all like to live in a little bit of denial about where our kids are at in terms yeah. of their sexual development. And so the answer is earlier than you think. You mentioned sixth grade girls. Um, it happens a lot in middle school, 20% of middle school kids um, I think you need to start having this conversation when you give uh, your kids a cell phone, when you give them access to the computer, and depending on the age, you are going to offer um, you know whatever details are appropriate in the conversation. But I think if your kid has access to a computer or a cell phone, you need to be educating them about images. And, and about people requesting uh, inappropriate things from them.
0: That's such such a good point, and I, I really like what you say about earlier than you think, because that's when I'm talking to to the moms. It's they're just they can't believe it. Yeah, they just can't believe it, and I think another thing that I see is that parents just don't think about. Because they just their imagination doesn't go there, but when their when their kids go to sleep, what they're going to be doing with their cell phones? Mm.
1: Uh, you know, the, the cell phone is it is kind of an insidious device. Um, you've got this. I mean, those are designed to be as easy as possible. In other words, I can take an image of anything I want as quickly as I want and send it anywhere in the world almost effortlessly. Right. And we're putting that in the hands of kids without a prefrontal cortex, or <laughs> are a very undeveloped one, hormones raging. Uh, a lot of them uh, have a huge desire to fit in. And sexting has become the norm to fit in, unfortunately. Right. And I just think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And, um,
0: and these boys, and because I'm seeing a lot of girls, but... But And these boys will say to these girls if you know if you really like me, if you want to take our relationship deeper to another level, then you will send me a picture yeah so so sometimes it's a threat but then but part of the threat is the loss of their relationship with this boy they really like
1: yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, there's a whole lot of issues under that. I mean, I just, as a rule, if I were, you know, I, I think I feel really safe telling parents to tell their kids never, you know, you never send those images. Yeah. And it, it would be really, really nice if the kid felt like they could talk to you. You know, if your daughter was getting that sort of bullying, um, the hope would be that she'd be able to talk to you about it, but I understand that's un- that's not really realistic for of kids.
0: Right. Well, and that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, what what can moms do to educate their sons or daughters about this?
1: Um. So I think the absolute rule never never send a, never send inappropriate images. I can't think of a single. Way that can come out good for a kid, you know. I just there's just it's never gonna come out good, and so I think that's a good bottom line. And if somebody wants that from you, you don't want to be with a kid like that. That's not the boyfriend you want. That's not the. But that's not the person you want to be with if they're gonna pressure and bully you. Yeah. So, so I think those are good messages. I think it's totally appropriate for moms to let kids know that the cell phone um, isn't private, that the computer isn't private, that the email isn't private, yeah. and if you set those ground rules going in, um, that um, that mom or dad will be um, checking emails or phones to see what's on there. I think those are appropriate boundaries, just making sure the kid's aware of that and and they know that, that you'll be looking. A lot of the kids who have who gotten into trouble or who have been saved, rather, it's been because mom looked at the cell phone.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And mom had a rule that that's not private. And so the kid certainly was angry. It certainly stressed the relationship in the moment. But that type of intervention pulls these kids out of the abusive relationship. And that's exactly what we're describing. It's just another form of, of an peaceful
0: relationship. That's that's wonderful. And I would add to that, I think that's awesome. And what I would add to that is because what I do in my program and my work is I really focus on how to build a healthy attachment with your daughter. And so part of it is is kind of making it a conversation, like you were saying, like, you know, when we were teenagers, we we did some crazy stuff, but it wasn't permanent. Yeah. Just even having that conversation with your daughter, yeah. one, one of the things that I see with these girls is they don't know, like, what to do. Hmm. And so then, or what to say. And so sometimes, like, if a mom can kind of have a conversation, like, you know this stuff's happening and it's coming your way and you know here's some here's some ways you could handle it Mm. you know i've known some girls who just um like that's happened to my daughter and so she would take a picture of a dog and send it back or a you know a dark room so she she would respond with humor Mm. and um That's, that's great yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good... Re- like, that's absurd, and you get an absurd reaction, you know.
1: Well, I think you just took us to the root problem. Um, if we can look at sexting as a symptom,
0: um,
1: um, what's the root cause? Why Why would a kid be in an abusive relationship like that? Uh, I think that the, the, the cure-all or the silver bullet is, is just what you said, a healthy attachment. And, in my piece, Sexting at School, um, what I what I did in that story is I took a composite of a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of moms and just kind of put some common themes together in a story about a kid getting caught up in sexting. And in that story, the police are involved, the mom's at her wits' end. Um, she's feeling guilty. What have I done wrong? She's feeling powerless. Um, she can't protect her daughter. Mm-hmm. And... Where I go in that story is to the root cause and under all that, there, you know, there's a relationship between parent and child and, and that's the most fundamental thing to nurture. Right. Uh, to be open with your child, to, ha- to have an attachment with your child, to, so that your child feels safe. They, they feel like they belong somewhere and they feel secure in that parent relationship And and perhaps, and I'm not going to say that it would never happen, but perhaps if the child's secure in their relationship at home, they won't be um, engaged in as risky a behavior as trying to find community elsewhere.
0: Right. But I I think I agree with that, but I also think um, that undeveloped prefrontal cortex is it just takes like one moment for them that's what I'm, I'm talking to these girls. It's, they said, no, 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 no. And just one impulsive moment, they yeah. go, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's all it takes, isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and one thing I would say to moms, and, and I am one of those things, is mom, is a mom. And what I know is like, is it's so easy for you moms who, if you if you see that text or you see that picture, it's easy to completely go ballistic and totally freak out because mm-hmm. you can't believe she did that. That's your child. How she could she make that decision? Mm-hmm. You know the implications of that, and it's easy just to want to tear her limb from limb. Yes. And so I would really recommend. That's why I shared the statistics to know this. This is like really hard stuff for your team to know how to to manage Hmm. and so what I would say is you know call a friend you know talk to your husband you know like get your get your freak out out yes so that that your daughter doesn't get that first-line reaction
1: that's such good advice that takes me right back to what you said earlier about attachment Um, what I know about human behavior is that none of us respond well to being attacked or to, to anger. Right. And, and uh, if you want to reach your kid, no matter how stupid her decision or his decision is, you need to have empathy. Right. And when we, when we approach our kids with empathy and we really, really uh, work to understand and know them, they feel safe. And... Um, we need to feel safe. We're not gonna grow as people. We're not gonna be able to hear and listen and, and make changes unless we feel safe. Yeah. And empathy is, is is I think the most important thing we have to offer.
0: You know, and the ironic thing, and, and I have felt this in my own body as a parent, but it's like is is we freak out and because we because our, our child is not safe, but then they don't feel safe with us. So it's this mm-hmm. huge trap. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's just, we, we, none of us can get out of our rut, and change our behavior and grow, you know, in, in, unless we're safe. That's, that's just the way we're wired. So it's, it's almost as if we make the problem worse. If we become unglued and, and, and start calling our kids stupid, um, that's the common language I hear. I I, I think we're reinforcing the problem and we don't even know it.
0: Right. So that brings me kind of to the last question is what should parents do if they suspect or know that their son or daughter is sexting?
1: Um, I I think the advice you gave earlier is really good, and that's you know, you we hear it takes the village. Yeah, I think I think you, you you bring in people you trust, and you get your freak out out. You get advice. Maybe there are mentors um, in your child's life that you that, uh, that are safe to bring into the situation. But you have to intervene, and you intervene with empathy, you intervene with compassion, and you intervene with strength because. Uh, these middle school girls, these high school girls, they are so far out of their element. Um they need help. And uh, and so I think it's appropriate to, to 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 be in in the phone. I think it's appropriate to be in the email. And um and and, and every action we take is with empathy. Yeah. Um if if these pictures have been distributed as they often are, because that's all. Often, what happens when somebody receives them at these these images, they send them to their friends, and they send them to their friends, and, and then uh, the problem just escalates. Yeah. So I think it's a heavy decision whether or not to involve the police, and I think police in every jurisdiction handle this differently. And I think you need to get in contact with somebody who knows how it's going to be handled. Right. Um. Uh. I think if. If the police can help in tracking down and deleting the images, that's that's a really that's for really attractive um, reason to involve them.
0: Yeah.
1: But where where I live, your kid's going to end up in court. Your kid's going to be charged as a sex offender, uh, and a lot of the times the girls end up on probation. And if they if they get through their probation without another offense, um, then then everything goes away. So it's not without risk to involve the police. You bring in an organization in and you lose a little bit of your autonomy. Yeah. Consider involving the school. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I would weigh that decision uh, in the same way. I think there are some really wonderful school communities that treat kids with compassion and empathy and have a lot of expertise in these issues. And, and I can imagine some school administrations that, that might make the problem worse. Right, right. So, so I think those are heavy decisions about who you bring in and who you involve. Um, but the school resource and the police resource, I've seen both um, used very effectively. And at the school where I work, I think we do a really great job of protecting kids.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Yes, I a lot of the girls that I've seen in my private practice, it came out through the school because the teachers... Got wind of these pictures going around, and the parents mm-hmm. were completely in the dark about it.
1: And, and there's just reminded me of an important issue. We as teachers and counselors, we have expertise in this issue because we see it every day. Mm. Yeah. And mom and dad has seen it for the first time, and and so, um, so I, I, I think it, I think it's a really good idea to look for teachers, administrators, counselors that you trust and. And bring them in,
0: right, right. And one thing that I I will say to the to moms, um, if you have either a son or daughter who have sec, done the sexting, is there is life on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they're not ruined forever. I mean, yeah. you want to take this seriously, but um, you know, I've worked with a lots of these girls in my private practice, and you know the. Just being able to have those empathic conversations like you're talking about, um, they have learned a lot. Yeah. And they've learned what an abusive relationship is. Yes.
1: Yes, and there's empowerment there. I see that all the time, too. Uh, In in the story I wrote, it kind of follows... um, that narrative thread, because it's so common, it's an abusive relationship. The kid doesn't want out. Oftentimes, the mm-hmm. kid, the kid knows it's bad. The kid knows they're being abused, and there's an addiction there, and and it's heartbreaking to watch. And um, one of the things I think we do as adults is we listen to our kids with empathy, with compassion, and we try to understand why, you know. Why does the kid need this? Or why does the kid think they need this? What is the underlying issue? And through very gentle conversations, over time the kid gets it, but it requires patience. I've never worked with a kid that just snapped out of it, that heard the truth and said, oh yeah, you're right, this is stupid, I'm gonna stop. That does not happen. The kid slowly takes it in, slowly grows, and then when she looks back, she can't believe who she was. She can't believe what she was involved in, and she'll never do it again. There, there's, there's, a, there's. We all had that learning curve in relationships as we were growing up. You know what it means to find a healthy relationship, and you know, and things we would never do again. And kids today are just as resilient as as, as we were when we were young.
0: That, that is a great point, that it, it is it is a process. It's not just a one-time, okay, I won't do it. It's it's a, There's lots of layers for these kids to kind of look at. Yes,
1: and that creates all kinds of dilemmas for mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, and one of the issues uh, the, the parent in my story wrestles with is how much control does she take over her daughter's life? Does she reach in and save her absolutely? Uh and, and those are really tough questions. And every kid's different, and every kid needs a different amount of parental control um, versus you know, freedom in their personal life, depending on where that kid is. And, and those, that's an issue I, I, I really tackle in the analysis of that story, is how much freedom do you give the kid? How, how, when do you let them make the mistake because they have to make it? And when do you step in and save them because the, the, the risks are just too great?
0: Right. That, and that's, that is a great point because it's it, it, there are some external controls, but ultimately and ideally is what you want is that shift to be inside of your teen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just going to take a little time.
1: Now, when it comes to sexting, if, if I knew that my daughter was sending images, I think that's a perfect example of when you step in and you take control. Yeah. And you take the phone, you 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 protect her from. She cannot contemplate the magnitude of those consequences. Right. But you can't control who she talks to at school you can't control whether or not she sneaks in a conversation, uh, with the boy or whether or not she still has strong feelings with the boy. Your, your powers are limited. And, um, but I would feel really comfortable taking away the device that was allowing her to to send those images.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. And I am so thankful, Benjamin for your time and, uh, if you would like to more from Benjamin, he, his website is benjamindancer.com. And he has a blog at benjamindancer.com slash blog. And um, Benjamin mentioned his, um, it's actually a chapter in a book you're writing, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah.
0: You want to uh, talk a little bit about that and how they could get a copy of that article, the chapter?
1: Sure. It's called "Sex at School. Uh, it's a brief narrative that, that, that highlights common problems moms and daughters uh, find themselves in around this issue. Uh, it's, it's a mother-daughter piece. It's about how to have a relationship with your, with your teenage daughter. And uh, after the story, I, I give a thorough analysis about the decisions the, the, the parent uh, has to make. And I uh, just kind of guiding parents through um, the important things to think about. Um, you can download that story for free uh, at Goodreads. Um, you can look for me at Goodreads and download the whole thing for free. It's also available on Amazon uh, uh, for 99 cents. Uh, you can look up my name or uh, sexting at school. And I think it's, it's a great little piece that helps frames uh, the issues we've been discussing here.
0: Okay, that is awesome. And I will also put that on my website. In in case you who are listening don't have a pen and can't write that down, just go to ColleenOGrady.com slash podcasts, and you'll see those links there. So, Benjamin, thank you so much. And um, I know this is going to be really, really helpful to many, many moms, not only in the United States, but all over the world.
1: Thanks, Colleen. I really enjoyed the conversation.
0: All right. You have a good day.
1: You too.